Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, joined as always by Jeff Torrey. And today we're talking week two waiver wire, which a lot of times is the most exciting episode of the year, I would say. Week one is done. You get to find out all the guys who weren't on people's radars that step up and you go spend big bucks on them. And if you're, you know, and if you have a fab budget or use your number one waiver wire and I'm going to go and say, Jeff, we don't have that guy this week, do we? Not, not quite. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's not quite there, but hey, I think we got some interesting options. So we'll go over that in just a second before we do that. Make sure you guys go check us out on Twitter at the FF profit or Instagram fantasy football profit there and go to the website, fantasyfootballprofit.com, where all of our rankings are. Um, check us out all those places in as well. Go to youtube.com slash fantasyfootballprofit and subscribe to us there as well. So let's jump into this thing here. I would say, I think it's a clear number one. I would, it's, it's not a great number one, but I think it's a pretty clear number one. I mean, at least in my mind, it's Naheem Hines, I think is the number one waiver wire out of the week based on, I mean, how he played. You know, on Sunday, the fact that Marlon Mack is injured and that, I mean, Jonathan Taylor will be the guy, but it's not like Jonathan Taylor set the world on fire in week one. And one of the things with Naheem Hines is I can kind of, you know, see a scenario where he becomes Rivers' new Austin Eckler. You know what I mean? Philip Rivers loved Austin Eckler. Why can't Hines be that for Rivers again? And I feel like, in week one, he kind of became that, and I think it could continue with Rivers. Rivers throwing the ball there to Hines, and it's going to be could be a similar. I'm saying he's as good as Austin Eckler, but it could be a similar role and similar you know production, you know in a way. Eckler was able to do that with with Melvin Gordon. Why can't Hines do it with Taylor? So I think it's a it kind of fits to me, and you know got the receiving back with the Wisconsin running back basically. It's a, it's a very, you know, with the same quarterback. Why not? I think it works. So I think Hines could have more value. Yeah, the injury definitely is the thing that, you know, promotes that the most. And I like, I like your analogy. I, I don't know how much it carries over. Like, <laughs> I mean, it does, obviously, because of Rivers and the quarterback. Is that really what they want to do, you know, offensive coordinator-wise and all that? Maybe. Still, we'll still find out. But it does show, I mean, they were willing to use all three of them when they had them healthy. So now that they only have two of them, you really think that, you know, they're going to go to a one back system. I don't, I'm definitely not right away. And um, like you said, Jonathan Taylor, I believe in him, but he didn't set yeah. the world on fire. It'll take <laughs> so, a little more. Yeah. So I, I like that pick, you know, it's, it's and not like spectacular we, though. Right. We don't, we don't have that like surefire guy in after week one, we just don't know enough, but I, I do think that he has a ton of upside as well as you're able to play him week two if you have to yeah so I, I that's why i like him probably the most as well and then probably followed by you know, what joshua kelly he's there oh, it depends on i guess what you need um but i'll say this first off with people um if they haven't listened before we try to keep our waiver wire to about on espn about 40 percent owned and under we don't like to go above 40 percent. we try to keep it down here so i would say i guess this, so for me with kelly it depends on if you need a guy to play right away 
if you need if you need somebody to use next week, is it, maybe it's not Kelly. Maybe it is honestly. Maybe it's Adrian Peterson. And long term, I think Kelly could be a better option. Peterson's not. I, don't, I just can't see a scenario where Peterson makes it through this season doing the kind of work he did in week one. But I have a. I think that'll happen in week two. I really do believe it'll happen in week two again. And he he looked good yet. Like he still has something left. And he's only owned in about 21% of leagues right now. I definitely think he's worth an ad. And if you need to play somebody, play him. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. I like from what we saw this week, right, where they didn't play particularly well and he had over 90 yards rushing. Um, I I do think that is probably correct. As in, I don't want to – like, I'm not fully off the – off the wagon of Austin Eckler could have a larger share than they showed today. Um, yep. Especially, you know, catching the ball if it's a hot hand. Joshua Kelly did get in the end zone, so it does kind of skew it a little bit. So I like what you're saying with AP being maybe the guy for the next few weeks or so. Of like, hey, if you need someone to play. But yep. I, do, I do like the upside of Kelly a I little bit too. more. Well, you know, and I, I probably even have James Robinson yet ahead of Kelly. So – James Robinson, again, wasn't spectacular, but he's the guy there in Jacksonville right now. Most, you know, he's going to get majority, at least for the next couple of weeks. Um, if um, a Zigbo comes back after, I think, three weeks, he has to be on IR at least. If he's able to come back after that, maybe he eats into that. But at least weeks two and three, Robinson, who had 16 carries in week one, he's going to probably get a lot of work again. And that offense was efficient. I'll say that it wasn't great, but it was efficient. And so Robinson, it just depends on what you need right now. If you, I don't think Robinson has the upside that Kelly has. But it's all about what you need right now. If you just want a guy for the end of the bench to wait and see what he becomes, Kelly might be that guy. Robinson, I don't think, is a spectacular player. I think he's literally just another guy who's in a situation where he's going to get the opportunity right now. So that's why I'd probably go Hines, Peterson, Robinson, Kelly, somewhere in that order, I would say. That's probably what I'd stick to. Then, um, oh, you know, I'm actually completely missing one here. This is going to have to go up near the top because it's going to be Malcolm Brown from the Rams. Malcolm Brown. Yeah. It has to be Malcolm Brown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I even, very, very good point. Yeah. So, Malcolm Brown, uh, I mean, he, it's, it's kind of a split with Acres. It is a split with Acres, but Brown looked better than Acres. He got in the, he got in the end zone a few times and he had, you know, he's slightly more work than Acres did. So Brown, I mean, there's a lot of these guys that they're, they're not spectacular, right? And I don't even, I don't love Brown because I think, again, I think Akers can take over for Brown. I think he will take over for Brown. I mean, they, they knew, okay, the Rams knew what they had in Brown. They still went and drafted Akers, obviously, right? I know they, they, they're going to use both, but I believe they want even Akers to overtake Brown. I, I think I, they, everyone. I, I do feel that way, but what, after you said that, okay, I mean, that's very true. Um, Especially the way they play, man. I'm trying to think of who I would you take if you needed someone to play next week. Would you take Brown or AP? AP might get. Once again, it's kind of the same thing though because they do have DeAndre Swift there. That obviously they they want want that right eventually, and Kerry Ann Johnson. So it becomes a very difficult one. I actually thought. I'm trying to think of who actually looked better. I thought AP looks a little bit better. I think he'll probably get worn down really quickly. But Brown was probably number two after that. And I, I actually like his upside a little more than I like even maybe even over Kelly. Like, and I know that they want to give it to Akers, but 
if I'm going strictly off of week one, he, you know, he looked better at what they were trying to do. And it looks like he's going to be the goal line back. Yeah. He so ended up with I, I know, I know Kelly is the goal line back as well, but I feel like Austin Eckler, you know, we've seen enough where we're kind of like, uh, they're going to, they'll figure it out. Like they'll get him the ball more. Yeah. So I don't know. I kind of feel like it would be, if you needed someone to play next week, I would go AP and then probably Brown. And then if you were like, well, I need it to be a little longer than that. I'd probably go Brown and then Kelly. And for some reason, the Jacksonville situation freaks me out too much. It, he should be on yeah. the list, but I, I don't have any confidence in it. He's below. Yeah, Brown is going to be up there for me. Um, I mean, he he looked he looked solid. He looked good, and and you know, and they they trusted him obviously. And yeah. I also don't believe in Acres all that much. <laughs> so when I when I see that he can actually run behind that line, or they trust him with the yeah. goal line carries, I have to believe that. Okay, for the next few weeks, this is what it's going to be. And also, uh, you know. I think that he could hold on to it, really. I mean, what's one year, really? I, right. You know, Cam Akers is probably yeah. the future. But it doesn't always work right away. So, um, I guess some people would throw Peyton Barber on this list, but honestly, I just can't. Sorry. Yeah, he should probably be on it. Um, it, it depends. It depends <laughs> on how many wide that. receivers are on my list in a minute. Because otherwise, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, uh, it was a very inefficient day, I would say that, from um, Peyton Barber. And I, I just can't see what scenario are you playing him? I mean, it's just, it would have to be, you'd have to be in some, a dire need for a running back. And I just don't think that happened this weekend to anybody. You would have had to have a terrible draft and have nobody somehow. Yeah. And you, I mean, you also not get any of the other guys we talked about because he is completely touchdown dependent. Yeah. He is obviously the goal line back, but how much uh, good for Washington getting the win but how much do I believe in their offense? Very little. None, so yeah. how, like, you know, how, how, how many tries a game are you actually going to get there? And we already saw him get snuffed out a couple times. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not into it, but I do. I mean, he did get two touchdowns. You know I mean? They did give him 17 chances. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about wide receivers? There's really another run. Unless you have another running back that I'm, I'm no, not thinking of, which I don't think like there is. a lot of wide receivers, I but no, we, I think those are the running backs. That I think we stretched them there. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So wide receiver wise, um, there might be a couple. So we're going 40% under again. So like, we're not going to talk about like Sammy Watkins, who's above that, which I don't even know how much we're buying it yet. We'll wait and see. But um, Anthony Miller is below that list. We talked about him many times. He had a nice touchdown. The numbers weren't, I mean, amazing, but he's going to be used and he's, he got better last year and I don't see why that's going to change. So I like, I like Anthony Miller there, but I mean, Paris Campbell might be ahead of him the way he played in week one. Paris Campbell's right there as well. He was the, really the number one receiver there for the Colts ahead of Hilton even. And what in year two, maybe he's taken that next step. So Paris Campbell's interesting, but I know like I'm sitting here talking about these names and I don't feel great about, I don't feel confident yet in any of them. No one, there was nobody like that was just like, okay, this guy is really good and I have to absolutely have him. I don't feel like we have that at wide receiver. Running back, I even feel better about it. Wide receiver, there's some interesting names, but it's just not there. So it's like the Paris Campbell, Anthony Miller. I mean, you could throw out what well, Alan Lazard and even Valdez Scantling. So those that's gonna be an interesting group again. I no confidence there. <laughs> It depends on how yeah. badly you need it, but in which which one's going to emerge as the number two there in Green Bay? Is it going to be Lazard? Is it going to be Valdez Gantling? I don't I don't truly know. I st- I still believe in Lazard, but Valdez Gantling was the guy ahead of him last year. 
And just because we've convinced ourselves that Lazard's ahead of him, is he truly? Yeah, and, and what does that mean, being a number two wide receiver? In Four Green catches Bay? and yeah, maybe every, a touchdown? Every year we like to pretend that, oh, there has to be a number two, but, you know. It's, we've been it's saying that for one, And then there's yeah. a bunch of number threes. Like, yeah. that's really what it comes down to in, in Green Bay. Just like we convinced ourselves for years that the tight end would be good in Green Bay at some point. <laughs> I know, it like, it never not? happened. They throw, they throw so well. It never <laughs> happened, so. No. Um, some other, I mean, the, the rest of the names are going to be just taking chances, right? And hoping this guy becomes something like, I, I really truly believe Jalen Rager is going to be good. Um, right. I think, I do. well, I, th- I do think the two that did not put up numbers and that's not why you would get them. But I do think we can talk about them at the same time. I think Jalen Rager and Brandon Ayuk, I, both of them, Ayuk didn't play. Jalen Rager yep. was kind of banged up, but he, he, you know, he played anyway. He had one good catch. Um, but they're on teams that desperately need wide receiver help and they're both rookies, right? So, I mean, Brandon Yook, if he plays next week, he could be the number one wide receiver and they didn't throw to wide receivers at all. Like they do need someone there. And obviously you're waiting for like, when's Debo going to come back? He'll be the number one, but you know, you know, will it's just kind of like a wait and see kind of thing. Like how much could they possibly throw? to a wide receiver if they had someone healthy. Jalen Rager, even more so, I think that obviously he would go above um, Ayuk because, I mean, it was very clear that they only had a couple people to throw to and they'd had no wide receiver help whatsoever. So if if he could get healthy and they could kind of figure him out because he also can be a speed guy, I do think that they could use him uh, productively for, for what he is capable of because, you know, as much as I love Dallas Goddard and Ertz, you do need other people to throw to. Yep. Well, and then, um, I mean, I know others might throw out Russell Gage because he had a big game, but it was in a, they were behind by a lot. They had to throw the ball a lot. He's the number three there in, in Atlanta. And I don't believe that's going to be a role that's going to be productive, you know, a lot of the time I would much rather still have the, these young guys on my bench, like the ones we've talked about there. And even still like a Brian Edwards, um, a LaVisca Chenault, even a Van Jefferson yet. Yeah, Van Jefferson did have one good one catch for 31 the other night. So it, those are the kind of guys I'd still want over, you know, like a Russell Gage type player. I'm just not, I mean, he would have to do some more, even like, a, or like a Scotty Miller who did something too. I, I want the younger guy who I think has the upside. Um, who's not maybe as capped as some of the others. So I'm still going to go over there. I don't know if there's other, any other names you like at wide receiver, but there's nothing that's, you know, spectacular there for me. No, I probably, would, I probably would have thrown out like, um, like a Denzel Mims or something. Yeah, but after no, watching the Jets, I'm yeah, like yeah. completely, completely off of it. Like, I don't believe anyone is going to be able to help him no, out. No. So I, I don't really have another guy that I would feel comfortable no. throwing his name into the ring. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, they okay. would they would be going to either a bad offense or whatever it may be. So I, those those five, whatever we threw out there, would probably be the number ones out there. All right. So at tight end, I think it's a very clear number one, and it's Dallas Goddard. It's not even close. Dallas Goddard might even be the number one waiver wire pickup ahead of the running backs, ahead of the wide receivers. I honestly believe he's that good and he's going to be involved. So I think Dallas Goddard has to be on everyone's radar. He should, he should be owned. He shouldn't have even been, we, we said it before. He should not have only been owned in 27% of leagues. It never made sense to, to us. And he's going to be added everywhere this week. 
So Dallas Goddard for sure. The rest of them, eh, pick them up if you want, but you don't really need O.J. Howard, that's the only yeah, other one. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's a solid one. I mean, he did get a touchdown, but even without that, he looked like he was going to be implemented into yeah. the offense, which you have, you have to like. He looked pretty decent. But it's, it's Goddard all day. Yeah, I was going to say, other than that, though, I, I, don't, I don't think there was anyone really. I mean, uh, depending on what happens, but Jenner Smith could be another one. True, yeah. That's, but, man, I just still can't believe Goddard was that just not owned anywhere. It, it's crazy to me. No, I mean, I, I you know, <laughs> self-aggrandizing for myself because I loved him so much and I believed in him, so I, I picked him up as, like, the last pick in a lot of drafts. But I, I do understand that the mental hurdle it takes to get over the fact that he is a number two tight end on a team. True. It's, it's, when tight it's, ends usually don't produce as much as a lot of other places. So obviously I was going out on a limb. So I understand why it's still 27%, but that definitely has to go up. And especially if you have a flex position where you can throw in a tight end um, or, or multiple uh, flex positions for that matter, this guy absolutely has to be, on a roster because he's just a good weapon and that's what you should look at. And depending on what your, who your tight end is too. Like if you waited to the end and you got someone throw this guy in your, on your bench as well. And you can start him until the other guy starts producing like, you know, shoulder, shoulder, like Hayden Hurst or something. I would yep. much rather start a Dallas Goddard than him until, until we see them implement him into the offense more. And that it's not just him. I mean, there is a lot there's a lot of tight ends that would uh, kind of fall into this category, right? So it's not that crazy. Nope. Um, at quarterback, honestly, I don't think there's enough at quarterback right now. They, nothing changed too much for me. So the people under 40% that we would even look at are like a Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, definitely don't get Baker. Kirk Cousins, you know, it's just the same name, Minshew. But I don't think anything enough happened above that where you should really be reaching too much. So it's really going to be a matchup-based thing. At this point, obviously, if you're streaming and you're really down the list. And for me, the only one, I mean, you got, uh, let's see, you got Cousins at Indianapolis. I don't know how that'll go. You got, I mean, if you're, if you're really risky, you got Trubisky playing against the Giants. So I don't know if you're that. <laughs> you, there's no way. There's no way in week two. <laughs> I, can't, I can't ever tell anyone to do that. It's another no. good matchup, but I would Not be. No, it's just no. there's nothing. There's nothing really here yet. Let's we got to see a couple of weeks worth of actually, you know, of something going on before we can get into that. So yeah, you know, I think I think honestly that's it for waiver wire in week one. So I think we should do here quick, which we didn't get to do the other, the other episode was uh, talk about Rams Cowboys. We didn't, you know, the game was not over yet when we were recording our Sunday recap. So we got Rams Cowboys. We'll just go through that game real quick. The Rams got a twenty to seventeen win. They you know, maybe they're back to being the Rams of two years ago, got things a little more under control. And like we talked about on the Rams side of things, we talked about Malcolm Brown for a waiver wire pickup. He led the team 18 carries, 79 yards, two touchdowns, and then even got three catches for 31 yards. So Malcolm Brown was clearly, I think, the lead back there. Akers did, though. It's not like Akers wasn't involved. Akers got 14 carries, but only turned it into 39. So Malcolm Brown was much more effective back. And I know you were like, honestly, never on the acres bandwagon, really. It just seemed, you know, honestly, I really wasn't either. I think I'd be, I slightly turned, I, I've, it's gone to a hope because I got him on one of my teams, <laughs> right, right. but I just, well, it, it's never seemed like no. he, to he be being fair, elevated though, too much. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. I think, he, well, that happens a lot. Right. And either yeah. you're wrong or you're right. And I think in this case, 
at least for the we'll, first part we'll of the see. season, we'll people see. will be wrong, quote unquote. But I also wasn't like, oh, Malcolm Brown's the guy to get. I was just like, no. I'm going to stay away from this situation. It does feel like Brown is worth having. It does feel yeah. like that without a doubt. Um, will that continue? You never really know. I, the thing I do worry about the Rams after watching, uh, you know, the first half of the game and then kind of just following along as, as well as I could as we were recording, they, McVay is excellent at play calling mm-hmm. and figuring out how to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, keep people guessing. I do worry that after he does that for a little bit, people get a little wise to it though. Like he, I mean, they didn't run a lot of plays and they were, you know, it was kind of like the same look every time and then oh, they yeah. throw it out quick. And it was a lot of these quick hitter kind it's of very things. Very simple. Yes. And that's why like Robert Woods did very well because he got a bunch of yardage early. And then that is also like Malcolm Brown, like they hit quick and he was able to get in the end zone. Wonderful. But also if you look at like Jared Goff, right, his numbers, not overly impressive, right? No. 20 for 31, 275 yards, which is fine, but no touchdowns and interception. Like it was very much built on this. We, we just spread you out and then we get as many yards as we can. It is not a traditional like, you know, three-step drop and then pass down the field like, like Dallas was, right? And they mm-hmm. beat them because of that. But at the same time, it's like, can the next person game plan for them? And how does that affect the, the outcome of yardage and everything? Because no one on this team was really, besides from Malcolm Brown and Robert Woods, Woods yeah. no, no one was that fantasy relevant. But oh, I don't yeah. know, do you see that changing? Not for Tyler Higby, it won't change. <laughs> I still have 40 yards, whatever. <laughs> That's about what I expected. It's um, more worrisome that Cup only had four. Yeah, years. that's that's uh, a little disappointing there for Cup. And honestly, at this point, it seems like at least at least for this game, they knew what they wanted to do, and that was run the ball, right? So it worked. Um, in the, it, I don't. It's hard to say what to expect because McVeigh will change things up, and maybe this is what he wants to do this year. I, I don't. I can't say it, it will change. It's possible that he has realized maybe last year that Goff can't do it. I mean, I can't do it. Goff, you don't want to put make Goff, Goff win you games too much, right? That's I, well, yeah. I it. think I think he also knows that that's not the type of offensive line they probably have. Yeah. Um. And obviously, they did good enough to run that many times. But when you're, you know, when you're doing yeah. all this crazy stuff and spreading them out, it does make it a little easier. Yep. So. I think McVeigh is a very smart guy, but I think it does show the limitations of the personnel they have on the field, you know, not good or bad. I mean, they were able to get a win on Dallas, which is a great thing. I'm not, you know, talking crap about LA, but um, I, I do think I have to taper my expectations for a few of the guys. And I think it'll be much more up and down yeah. than originally. Maybe I thought of like a typical team, kind of like Dallas almost, right? You're kind of like, well, Zeke will get this many touches and Dak mm-hmm. will throw it this many times. I wonder if Amari will catch it. You know, you kind of know. But this one is completely, I mean, you know, they tried to, they ran it with Goff four times. Robert Woods had a, a run. You know, they split the other ones between, you know, two major running backs and another one. But even across the board, I mean, you know, Cup, Higby, and Woods, we expected – but then they tried with they tried to throw to Malcolm Brown three times. Van Jefferson got a got a look, and uh, you know Everett, Josh Reynolds, Cam Akers, like all of that, yep. a very very unique and specific game plan. Yep. So I don't know how much of this is that is what we're gonna see, or or every game 
plan is going to be a little different because, you know, McVay is just going to be like, well, I'm just going to outthink you this year because last year was rough and I'm not going through that again. Well, it, we definitely need more data with this one. That's for sure. Yeah. So Cowboys side of things, I guess um, we expected their offense to be, I guess, better than 17 points. Um, that, you know, it's when you look at their box score and you look at the individual numbers, it doesn't feel like it's that terrible, but I mean, it's still only 266 and a touchdown for Dak. I mean, Zeke did get 22 carries, 96 yards, a touchdown. He had three catches, 31 yards and touchdown Zeke. So Zeke did not disappoint you. If no. you had him on your team, he was great. Um, Mari Cooper had 10 catches for 81 yards, just no touchdown there, but in a PPR format, that's a pretty solid day. And, and you know, the funny thing is even CD lamb, a five for 59 from a rookie is a good, good first game that you're, I'm actually like, okay, that's something to build on. It, that's but better it than what I thought he was yeah, going to do. Definitely. Honest. Just overall, it just didn't work for touchdowns, I guess. Then didn't no. work for points. That's just how it played out. But I, there's obviously, I think they will be better than this. I mean, the Rams though, the Rams have a lot of good players. They have a lot of good players on defense too. They're a good team. It's not, it's not a bad thing to lose to the, lose to the Cowboys or the Cowboys lose to the Rams. It's not a terrible loss. So no. um, there's definitely some things here in, in Gallup, a three, you know, three for 50, but I think it was Gallup towards the end there that had a big catch that could have got them, could have got the Cowboys in field goal range there to make this, to extend this game, but he got a push off. So his numbers could have been a lot bigger. Um, I don't really know if it should have been a penalty or not, but Cowboys will be fine. Not too worried about yeah. it. And I don't, I don't know who Ramsey was on all game. Um, you know, I saw Gallup make a good catch when Ramsey was on him. Um, but, you know, they do have, like you said, they do have good players on the team by far. I mean, he's the highest paid, you know, quarterback yeah. in the game. But I, I think that is very impressive for me. I always worry about Amari Cooper being up and down, but they targeted him 14 times. He caught 10 balls, even though it wasn't as many yards as I was hoping. Yeah. 81 is completely, like, if I had him, I'd feel very good about it. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that at all. Gallup worries me a little more <laughs> because yeah. if CeeDee Lamb is already getting that kind of attention and, and obviously you're going to throw it all mm -hmm. three of them. But that's just one thing to, like, look at. you got a cat in the picture, Jeff. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, shooting from home. <laughs> yeah. All right. But, hey, we'll see. It's the end of the episode. So, waiver wire was done. So, maybe no one's listening. No one's watching on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, if you haven't, go watch on YouTube. Check us out. But, all right, that will, that will do it for today's episode. So, tomorrow we'll be back with our rankings episode for the week so go check that out go on uh, instagram check out our we'll have, I'll have some ranks up there so you can get some instagram you can go on instagram make your comments so we'll go over that and then also we will have our mailbag episode for thursday so get your questions in whether it be we're not going to answer just a running back running back question but if it's a flex question get your flex questions in trade questions get them in add drop whatever you got get us your questions to us on instagram on twitter email at fantasyfootballprofit at gmail.com wherever you want to get those get them to us and we will answer your questions so that will do it for today talk to you guys next time Peace.